Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? <laughs> where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. Well, Merry Christmas. This is where faith and life connect on the session. I'm Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. Our life coach is with us today. Yes. The king of the cranium is in the house. (laughs) And we are going to talk today with it being so close to Christmas about Joseph. Yes. But in a very different way, I think. I I really like what we're doing this Christmas. Yeah. We're just taking a really different approach and we're looking at not necessarily Joseph's story, although we're going to talk about Joseph's story, but what we can learn about biblical manhood right. from Joseph. You know, that's not something we talk about a whole lot. So I'm kind of looking forward to this and see how this kind of unpacks as we roll through this. For sure. So before we dive in, Tom, let's take a peek into God's Word and say something a little bit longer because we're going to share Joseph's story. And so, Scott, out of Matthew 1, verse starting at verse 18. This is how Jesus Christ was born. A young woman named Mary was engaged to Joseph from King David's family. But before they were married, she learned that she was going to have a baby by God's Holy Spirit. Joseph was a good man and did not want to embarrass Mary in front of everyone. So he decided to quietly call off the wedding. While Joseph was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord came to him in a dream. The angel said, Joseph, the baby that Mary will have is from the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and marry her. Then after her baby is born, name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So the Lord's promise came true. Just as the prophet had said, a virgin will have a baby boy, and he will call be called Emmanuel which means God is with us. After Joseph woke up, he and Mary were soon married, just as the Lord's angel had told him to do. But they did not sleep together before her baby was born. Then Joseph named him Jesus. What a dream. Well, yeah. How'd you like to have that one? (laughs) Holy cow. I'm going to see it now. Honey, you won't believe the dream I had. (laughs) Guess what happened? (laughs) All right. So we're going to dive into four things we can learn about biblical manhood from Joseph today. So we start with something you and I have talked about before. That's right. The concept of own it. Own your story. Own the truth. Yeah, because you have the greatest control over what you believe God is saying to you and acting on what God is saying to you than anybody else. I can have high expectations of, hey, Scott, this is what God is saying to you. And you might say, oh, yeah, right, Tom. That's really that's really funny and easy for you to say. Yeah, when did you become a comedian? Yeah, for sure. So number one is acknowledging the truth, Yep. which is 
a good way to do that is owning it. So owning the truth provided Joseph with clarity, and it can be do the same for us. When we focus on what's immediately in front of us, we can gain clarity that will help us treat our pain at the source. By recognizing the true source of our pain, we can begin the process of healing and transformation. And what's really powerful again there is I'm focused on what I am feeling. I have, with God's help, a lot of opportunity to grow and heal and be transformed into more of the likeness of Jesus if I focus on me. Oftentimes at Heritage, what I taught there was the vertical expectation with God in heaven, and I'm going before him praying that he would help me, is so much more powerful than horizontal expectations where I have them about other people, and I expect you to do this, this, and this, and what happens to the relationship if they don't do that? So we're running through four lessons we can learn about biblical manhood from Joseph's story. So the first thing was simply acknowledge the truth. Now the second part is to trust God's plan. So Joseph's story shows us what it looks like to trust in God's overarching plan. While we couldn't foresee the specifics of how his pain would lead to greater a greater purpose, Joseph held on to the belief that God was working behind the scenes. Oh, man, he would have to think that. You, well, and I would think an appearance from an angel would kind of help solidify that for him. That's true. You know, the, it never said, did he wake up with, from that dream in the middle of the night? Could he go back to sleep? Boy, I don't think I could. Right. Yeah, I think I'd have a bit of an adrenaline rush there. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on about mm-hmm. Joseph's response. That's one of the things that's always intrigued me about this entire story. But this is, happens twice here, not just in this account in Matthew 1, but even later in Matthew 3, when Jesus is visited again in a dream, and the angel says, get out of here, go to Egypt. Uh-huh. Right yeah. before the, the murder of all the innocents by King Herod. And that's another passage where we see that very same thing pull out where Joseph simply had to trust God's plan. And this isn't the first time we've seen God do it this way. Right. You know, what did he say to Abraham? Just pack everything up and go that way. I'll tell you where to go. Yeah. You know, he had to trust the plan. Uh, Yeah, I remember one time in my life where that was very clearly my prayer, and I had to. 2009, I'm laying on a gurney in Texas Central Christian Hospital, and the doctor says, you're going to have surgery. And he said, i got to tell you. 14% 14% of the people who have the surgery don't come out. Well, all of a sudden, my first thought was 86% do. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Lord, I'm trusting you. And then there's a big burly nurse at the foot of my bed saying, take a good look at me because when you see me again, you'll be in recovery. Well, you know, I had right then and there to trust. I had no control over what was about to happen. Right. And a four-hour surgery that was intense. Clearly, you came out of it. Saw the big burly nurse again. Well, actually, it was a he. Yeah, and he said, you're here. You made it. And and praise the Lord, um, because that was so serious. And I never had any fear. I, I remember that. I, I was all about a calm and a peace that our God had given me. And I was trusting him and his plan. Wow. 
thankfully that plan didn't mean it's time to come to heaven, Tom. Right. And yeah. we're, we're grateful for that, yes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. So we're running through four lessons we can learn about biblical manhood from Joseph's story. And I, I, I'm enjoying this already, just the fact that we're approaching biblical manhood with Joseph. Right. Yeah, you because know, you don't hear much about this guy. Yeah. Beyond this immediate part of the of the story and when they go to Egypt. Right. In chapter 3, there's not really an end to Joseph's story. We don't have any closure on him. Right. So we don't really know for sure. What, what it took place. Yeah, we and we just know later on that Mary and Jesus' brothers and sisters are with him in ministry at some point, but there's no mention of Joseph. Yeah, like what happened to him? Yeah. I yeah. mean, we could, we could use another closing book here, a little <laughs> statement or something, but... Yeah. Yeah, we may not, we'll, we won't know this side of heaven. But yeah. we're looking at these stories of, of biblical manhood, and first of all, owning the truth, acknowledging the truth, and then trusting God's plan. And, and I'll tell you what, for men, it's hard to trust something. Oh, it's hard to do that. Mm-hmm. The third thing, and I'm not quite sure how to phrase this, Tom, because you can say this a couple of different ways. You can say, but God. Right. I can also say, but God. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can put I can put the teenage wine on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I'll let you explore. Let's, let's but so, God, we can be very angered by our circumstances. Okay, now we're in my wheelhouse. There we go. Now yeah, we're there we found it. <laughs> oh, very good. We can be so focused on the here and now, and what's victimized us that we lose sight of what God may be doing. And that's so true. We have this overwhelming rush of anger and emotions well you know again when you when we put into play the three fuels of anger whether it's fear frustration or hurt any one of those can fuel our anger we get so overwhelmed that we've been victimized well i would say the most volatile this is my own professional opinion the most volatile is fear because the fear response, if it sends adrenaline to the bloodstream, you have an instant heart rate that elevates. And, and all of a sudden, you're intense and you're really intense. I, I would say that rage is probably, I've often compared rage to an intense fear. And if you're Joseph, I mean, think about what you're just being told here in Matthew 1. Uh, your fiance is pregnant. What? Here he had such a good status and a reputation right. in the public, and he did what? <laughs> <laughs> and and remember, we have to remember, too, Mary at the time, we don't know for sure, was probably an early teenager. Right. And in, in the custom of the time, it was an older man that would take, usually in an arranged marriage, the younger daughter— or the the younger one, to be his wife. So Joseph could have very well been in his 30s. We hear that today and go, ew. Oh, yeah, that would be. But uh, the tradition of the day, that was the kind of thing that was done. So you got a guy with an established career as a woodworker, and now your fiance is pregnant. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know what causes that. (laughs) um, You know, I mean, I could I could really hear some other conversation points coming out with the angel, but D- Joseph didn't do that. That and, and that's true. And, and for Joseph to have and, and to want to own what this dream was that he had, how, so you know, he had a dream that this was 
that Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit. Try to explain that to people in public. Yeah, explain that to mom and dad at over dinner on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Noah when he was building an ark. And people ask him, what's that boat about? It hasn't rained in two years. What are you doing? Well, and they didn't know rain. What was rain? Mm -hmm. Well, it's going to rain so much it's going to flood. Flood? What's a flood? And so here, Noah had to act on his faith publicly, just like Joseph now has to act on his faith that the Holy Spirit really was there. And this wasn't some really strong pizza that he had the (laughs) night before. It was not the spicy Mexican they had at the taco shop. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just cannot imagine, you know, putting that, those feelings together with the vision and, you know, trying to figure out how to go forward. You know, your next point here, Joseph chose to embrace a powerful perspective shift. He took his gaze away from his pain and maybe his anger and (laughs) toward God by saying, but God intended it all for good. You know, this kind of goes back to owning it. Yeah. That we talked about earlier, Joseph chose to surrender and trust. And that's where we'll be heading shortly as in the trust. But trust, I think, doesn't get the credit it should. We talk about faith, hope, and love. Those are the three big ones that Paul talks about. However, there's not a lot said about trust. As much and with as much importance, but I think it's vitally important. We're going to see here. Well, clearly, you haven't seen enough Tinkerbell movies because they're all about faith, trust, and pixie dust. <laughs> You're right. I have not. <sighs> oh, yeah. Too, that's uh, now you know what my granddaughter likes to watch a lot with Campy. Yeah, uh, how about that? Yeah. All uh, right. So your next point under but God. Yeah. While it may be difficult to comprehend the purpose behind our suffering. Choosing to adopt a but-God perspective allows us to step back and acknowledge that our story is not solely defined by the hurt we've experienced. By handing our pain over to God, we open ourselves up to the possibility of growth, transformation, and redemption. Now, there's something I've heard you talk about in your premarital counseling, opportunities mm-hmm. for growth. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that in, in a relationship you want to look for is that opportunity to grow together and that obviously was something that was going to happen to joseph here in his relationship with god well yeah and for sure life's going to be better if he does yeah he's going to like that a lot better you know one thing that's not we of course have no record of it in scripture and all we can do is you know play what if but can you imagine the first conversation between mary and joseph after that dream you know they go out to dinner or something on a friday night and joseph says so i had this dream (laughs) Um, you, you got anything you need to tell me, (laughs) you know, and I just can't imagine what that must've been like for the two of them. Well, for Mary to hear from Joseph, you're pregnant. Usually it's the other way around. (laughs) You know, the wife tells the husband, guess what, dear? Guess what? (laughs) You know, that's, I mean, it's just, uh, I can't imagine that kind of thing. Yeah. That conversation and, and. The looks on their faces must have been when they, you know, Mary could relate her story of the angel, Joseph, his story with the angel. And they're looking at each other like, okay, are we going to trust this? Yeah. Yeah. The whole trust factor there. And we go right, yeah, you go right back to it again. And it really kind of leads to our next point here to rely on God. Yeah. 
if you feel like you're about to crumble under the weight of your circumstances, know that you don't have to keep carrying it alone. When we can't understand what's happening or see the bigger picture in our pain, God is ready to carry it. So relying on him. How often uh, we could say this, and I said this at Heritage a lot. I'm hearing you tell me you can't trust your spouse, but let me encourage you to trust God with your spouse. Let's rely on him. To look past the immediate thing and look at God and what he can do. Yeah, and to facilitate the healing process in your relationship. So, so we're talking about the relying on God is, is something that when the waters are calm, I mean, it's just like the disciples, you know, they could have been on land going, yeah, it's really important to rely on God and we're going to. Well, then to get out in the middle of the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus is asleep in the boat, and they're all soaking wet. Yeah, and they're fearing their lives. You know, I I can't imagine those boats had the same anti-tip-over rocking that the cruise ships have now. Exactly. So I would bet those boats were, and as big as they were, were coming close to, you know, taking on water in a way that, was not what they were hoping for, and when they set out for that three-hour tour across the lake, you know, yeah. And so rely on God. So we're talking about four lessons that we can learn about biblical manhood from Joseph's story. First of all, own the truth, acknowledge it, trust God's plan, but God, rely on God. Right. So there's our four. Yeah. But we have a couple of additional thoughts because, well, we have time and it's us. We wouldn't feel right if we didn't. We didn't and the <laughs> we, listeners would think, what's the matter with them? They don't yeah. have extra thoughts. We, we got to add something to this. I mean, come on. You know, I'm Southern <laughs> Baptist, so I'm accustomed to a very strong three-point sermon. So to go to four and beyond is kind of like a... Um, Wait a minute. Shouldn't we have the invitation now? <laughs> have you done the offering? Yeah, hurry up. The meatloaf will be done here. <laughs> That's right. The roast is burning. <laughs> All right. So, th- But this one, too, is important. I think this may be one of the most important things that Joseph did in the community. That's right. Don't expose your spouse in public. Now, let's unpack that. When we think about our wife, Scott that they want to be loved, they want to be cherished, they want to be valued, they want to be important. That also is true in public. When we're with another couple or we're with, in a group, to acknowledge that they are important and that we value them would say that we're not going to say something detrimental or hurtful to them. You know, Joseph learned... You know, after after this, he finds out his fiance is pregnant. He had a choice to make, mm-hmm. and in Jewish law, he could break the engagement mm-hmm. in a very public way. Mm-hmm. And he could have had he. I think he could have had her stoned. I think that's true. I think I remember that pregnant outside of marriage back then was not looked upon as favorably as mm. it is in society today. He, you kind of see maybe his love for Mary or his gentleness or his character as a man coming out here when he chose to set her aside quietly is what the Bible talks about. That whole idea of protecting her, that's what our wives want. If they come and they look at us as our uh, protecting, a protector of them, what, why would we go out in public and then embarrass them to death? That would be very difficult. So it takes a, a new vision, really, on right. Joseph's part there to 
really change his perspective, change his thinking. Well, and it also shows the character that was in him. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, keep in mind, too, the other little additional point here. We don't have to have a central starring role to serve the Lord and fulfill his plan. You don't have to be the one up front all the time. Yeah. God can and has greatly used quiet, steady, faithful people. Right. You know, Joseph is not beyond the Christmas story. We don't know anything about the man. For sure. So he's far from, you know, the the bold, outspoken Peter that we meet Mm -hmm. later and Paul and all these guys. God uses the little people. And he uses the common people. Yes. When you think about the disciples, they were ordinary people. They weren't someone with the status that Herod had or the Pharisees that were so prim and proper and and so filled with the law. He he used the common ones who, you know what, they were out on their boat fishing and they gave up fishing to come. (laughs) Last thing I want to throw out there. Okay. If God is throwing something at you, if you have, you know, this God encounter. Right. I say it on Beyond Belief a lot. Don't delete Allie. (laughs) <laughs> Look at Joseph's response. This is the most fascinating, the most fascinating thing to me here. Right. Is how Joseph responds every time he has this encounter with an angel. And he has two of them. The first one here we see in Matthew 1. Right. Joseph's response. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did. He didn't wait three days. He didn't go down to the tavern and talk to the guys about it. He didn't go home and talk to mommy about it. Right. He did. He acted in faith. Immediately. Yeah, that's really good. And then look at Matthew 3. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed. Again, he didn't go to AAA and get a trip <laughs> tick to Egypt. Right. He got him on a donkey and off they went. For sure. And he was smart enough to go at night when he wouldn't be followed or probably as noticed. And that's true. And again, it was about trusting and relying on what God was saying to him. And, you know, the really neat thing, too, th- that's all about fulfilled prophecy. It's kind of kind of the rabbit hole of the show right here because there is a prophecy that says, Behold, I called my son out of Egypt. That's how God got Jesus to Egypt was this. He called him out. He called him out, and it was right before the murder of the innocents. So there you have it, four lessons we can learn about biblical manhood plus a couple from <laughs> Joseph. Yeah. And I want to encourage you to kind of read the Christmas story, take a look at Matthew 1 and Matthew 3 and maybe see Joseph in a little different way right. this this Christmas and see him for the, really, the, the stand-up, brave man that he was because he could have, he probably withstood some public scrutiny for his choice with Mary as well. Oh, and that's true. And another important lesson, let's say it again, is look at how Joseph treated Mary with tender, loving care is an example to all of us husbands about how we should treat our wives. Absolutely. I mean, can you imagine Mary's pregnant? She's four. I mean, she's showing, right? Right. And every time Joseph looks down at the belly, he's going, that's the son of God in there. Yeah. I mean, every time Mary has a upset stomach or, right. you know, she trips, I, I could just picture Joseph just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah. I mean, just the care. You know, how many of us husbands remember when our wives were pregnant and we could feel the baby kicking? That happened. Jesus was in there kicking, too. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's just the amazing part of the Christmas story. Just 
maybe a different approach to it this year. It is, yeah. So, Tom, as we wrap up today, maybe there are some things that, that guys, you're listening tonight, and you see this, and you're like, I need some help to become more of a biblical man. Yes. You know, you're a life coach. How can someone sit down with you and start a conversation? Well, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. As we head into the Christmas season, into the new year, if there is a topic you would like Tom and I to discuss, whether it's a matter of family, a matter of faith, uh, we would love to hear from you, and we'd be more than happy to discuss that topic and break it down for you here on the session. You can reach out to me directly and let me know about that topic. Email scott at risefmohio.com. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.